Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. I want to take you to a place in the city that's an escape from the humdrum of the daily grind. It's a charming bookstore called Bird and Beckett in San Francisco's Glen Park neighborhood. Inside, the shelves are overflowing with used books. And in the evenings, it doubles as a performance space for jazz musicians. At the back of the store, there's a small carpeted stage nestled between the stacks. It's intimate and cozy. There's room for really no more than 30 folks. Oh, and it's BYOB. The first time I went to see live music there, it was a quartet. A piano player, trumpeter, drummer, and an upright bassist. And man... I'd never seen anybody play the upright bass with such vibrancy. The musician put his whole body into it, hunching over the neck of the instrument, plucking the strings with equal parts funk and grace. As he swayed with the bass, his eyebrows were furled and his lips scrunched, as if every part of him was feeling the vibration of the notes. That bass player was Julio Xavier Cheto. This week on Right Now, she's series Liner Notes, all about jazz in the Bay. We talked to Julio about the passion he brings to his craft and how hip-hop and jazz are inextricably linked. I'm Right Now's producer, Marisol Medina-Cadena. Stay with us. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
I first saw you two years ago perform, and I remember going up to you and being like, how can I keep up with you? And you were like, I'm on the Instagram. I'm at the Jazz Thug. The Jazz Thug. <laughs> yeah, what's the story behind the alias? It kind of just speaks on my love for hip-hop and jazz music. My friend actually made it up one time, and I, he said it, and I was like, I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. I'm going to go with it. It stuck. And people like it more than I do now. I get called that. I'll see a flyer and they won't even put my name. They put the jazz thug. And I'm like, well, I still want my name on there. But yeah, I, I, I thought about changing it recently. And a bunch of people were like, no, don't change it. Well, I mean, you said it's your love of jazz and hip hop. So I'd love to hear how you hear the two genres like intersecting. Definitely. I mean, when I listen to Ahmad Jamal, I hear hip hop. And when I listen to Duke Ellington... I hear hip hop. And when I listen to Nas or when I listen to, you know, Jay Dilla, I hear jazz. All my favorite hip hop is like jazz samples. And I just love to play jazz music or improvise music, really. And um, I mean, I put on jazz and I put on hip hop all day long. And then when I go out to play, I want to hear them both at the same time. So that's kind of what happens. That really resonates because for me growing up, my parents played a lot of jazz in the household, but I don't think I appreciated it mm. until I started getting into hip hop as a teenager. And I was like, oh, they're like sampling that jazz riff. And then I was like, whoa, I really like jazz now. <laughs> yes, it kind of brings it back, right? I love also following that, like hearing the history, like, oh, I know where this is from. I know where the samples came from. I, I, that's like, that always brings me joy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be that guy like, do you know what this is from? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> and then I like try to explain and they're like, okay. And I do that when I play because we'll play a song and I'll, I'll introduce a song. My band Big Trippin' does this song by Gary Bartz, who lives out here in the Bay Area actually, and it's called Gentle Smiles. I say that and then I'm like, a lot of people don't, you know, recognize it right away, but I'm like, yo, Tribe Called Quest sampled this song. And then everyone's like, oh, and then they hear that part, and then it's like this full circle moment of realization, which is really fun to see and witness. And you see people light up when they hear that part they recognize. You know, it's cool. How did you get put on to jazz as a young person? So my parents played it, too, in the house. My dad would put on Coltrane, Miles Davis, Pat Metheny, all these people that he loved to listen to. But I wanted to listen to heavy music, and I had a whole punk rock phase. And then I worked my way kind of back around and found jazz again, maybe in high school. And that's when I had realized I'd already heard so much. And I think that made it all the easier to just jump right into it and listen to it. And um, it hit so much harder, I think, too, because it had that familiarity and it wasn't so foreign because my dad always had it in the house playing. And my mom was always listening to her, her music, all this salsa and Latin music and folkloric music from Venezuela and all that kind of melding together to just make my ears more well-rounded. You play with a lot of trios, you play mm -hmm. with a lot of heavy hitters too, and everybody has their own sound. Totally. How are you able to adapt to each band? My main goal is to support as a bass player. I want to be like the floor for someone to stand on. I want to be the, you know, the rock. So 
I'm going to just listen as best as I can and be super honest with what I think the music needs best, you know. Sometimes I need to go into a situation and kind of try to be a blank slate, you know, not think too much, just kind of be a be a vessel. Saying you are a vessel kind of makes me think about the videos I've seen of you performing. It looks like you are tapping into some other vibration, you know, your shoulders are are into it, your your head is rocking. The bass face is going, yeah. What are you thinking about inside internally? If I'm really in there like that, I'm thinking about nothing. Uh, nothing is going through my mind but the music, and I'm I'm really focused. When the music is taking me over, and I'm really having fun, I'm not thinking about anything. I just close my eyes. I'll have my eyes closed the whole a whole hour set sometimes, and open them up, and it's like waking up in front of people. Like, oh, whoa, I forgot you were all there. Because when I am really doing it right, and really inside the music yeah I'm, I'm letting go the heart is on the sleeve you know and the emotions are coming out and I, I love to play music that way a reoccurring show you sometimes lead at the black cat is mm-hmm. called sunday slap yes it's described as dilla meets coltrane there's a good chance we're gonna play some dilla and a good chance we might do some coltrane but yeah i'm Constantly featuring different MCs, rappers, singers. We'll play, uh, you know, a jazz song, make it hip hop. We'll do a a hip hop song and make it jazz. You know, we'll do all that stuff, and uh, we'll 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 cover a lot of ground in in the Sunday Slap. It's usually with my band, Big Trippin', and we can do anything. Okay, we're gonna take the feel from this song, the bass line from this other song, and we're gonna play this jazz standard over it until it's unrecognizable. Or one of our favorite things to play is uh, the song Nardis. That's by Bill Evans, but Miles Davis claimed it. And then Kendrick Lamar did a version where he didn't even play the melody, but then I take his version and then we put the melody back over it and suddenly we got this, you know, really cool intersection of jazz and hip-hop that a lot of people can get down because people love Miles Davis, people love Kendrick Lamar, put them together. Yeah. Another really cool gig you had recently was you went to NPR's Tiny Desk. Yeah. And you played with Casa Overall. Yes. Talk to me about how that was. It was amazing. I was stressed out a little bit. It felt like this like really important recording session that a lot of people are going to listen to. You know, I go into recording sessions all the time and think, oh, I hope a lot of people listen to this, you know, or I hope people listen to this. And then you go to Tiny Desk and you're like, I know a lot of people are going to listen to this. So I think the pressure was on, but it was really special. In love with the shiny things. I never seen a hate as great as jealousy. There's never enough to make us please. And Casa, I love his music. Talking all all this hip-hop jazz stuff, I mean, he's like the perfect person to play with um, that really speaks to me. I love what he's doing when it comes to like the style of beats he's making and the music he's making, but then I know we could just swing out and really play some real type of improvised music and, and jazz, and so to me, his music calls to me. You gotta get it. You gotta get it. 
I could see your music and his music in conversation because he has that synthesis of jazz and hip hop, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of totally makes sense why you guys just click. Mm-hmm. I told him I was like, I'm, I felt like I'm supposed to be in this band, man. Like, gotta get me in there. Mm-hmm. He had been touring without a bass player for a while, so he got me to play with him for the Tiny Desk because it's acoustic. So. There's not much amplification. It's mm-hmm. got to be this stripped version. Because you play the upright bass and the bass guitar. Mm-hmm. So like when folks approach you, how do you make that judgment call? Like, oh, I think upright would mm-hmm. do better. Or Yeah, I'll get asked just to play a gig and it won't be, they won't say which one they want. They'll just be like, can you do this? And I'll show up with both basses and then see where the music, what the music tells me to do, you know, because it's usually clear to me. Like, ooh, this is a this is an upright song, or ooh, this is electric, you know. Because they're very different, you know. Yeah, super different uh, energies to both. And one is just a sound of wood and has all that percussion behind it. Doom, the upright, you know. Yeah. But then electric bass, I can hit one note that lasts for 30 seconds and just kind of be big, powerful guitar player kind of energy. So they both have their their things. It's such an important part of the music that is easily looked over. And I get people telling me all the time that, oh, I didn't even think about the bass until I saw you play. And then I realized how much I like the bass, you know, and how important that is to the music. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the, it is the heart of the music. It's the, it's the, it's the dance floor, you know. Your band is called Big Trippin'. Yeah. And you're leading this band. I'm leading this band. I think it's different from a lot of your other gigs where you are just plugging into another group's Mm -hmm. style and here you're leading it. So talk to me about what that's like. Yeah, it's four powerful players. Um, We've got a guy named John Palowicz on our our saxophone chair, John Palowicz. Javier Santiago plays piano. And this guy Thomas Pridgen plays drums. And they're all heavy hitters. They're all great. Um, And they all lead and do their own music. But when I get them all together, I, I get to choose what we do you know, quarterback the ideas and where the uh, song is going to go. Like, okay, let's do this and repeat that. And, I, and I'm just calling out plays like the whole time, but they're all leaders in their own way. So I feel like it's a collective. They trust my musical intuition and uh, I trust theirs. I'm trying to lead a band from the bass chair, which is also interesting because we have a saxophone player who's playing melodies. And it, and if you saw us, you'd probably think he was the leader or assume because he's, when you play the melody, you kind of lead where it goes. But I'm often right there in his ear like, okay, we're going to play this one. And now take us take us to the bridge, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm, I'm constantly shouting at everybody. <laughs> it's fun. I really like to lead like that instead of just like, you know, we could just play the song over and over and end it. But usually in the middle, I'm like, stay on this part. Or like, okay, now, you know, just you, just piano suddenly. Or just changing it up, keeping it interesting the whole time. I really like to lead that way. Talk to me about the new self-titled album, Big Trippin', that you guys have been working on for a long time that will be out later this year. It's been about two years in the making. 
a lot has happened in between us recording it and now. So there's been some pretty serious delays, but uh, I am really excited to put this music out. And I've never released music under my name. So this is a big step for me and a big learning process, but I just want to share. We really bring a lot of energy. So sometimes I feel like we're knocking wigs off. We're making everybody a little like, whoa, and we can hit people over the head a little bit musically. Like we are like the extreme sports version of music. It's intense. (laughs) I mean, you have this cover arrangement of a Ahmad Jamal song and it's it has like a bunch of 808 beats yep, on it. It's got 808s. Um, it's a, it's like a trap beat, like in a trap style, um, but it's a mod still. Like I said in the beginning of this interview, when I hear Ahmad Jamal, I hear hip hop. And it's this beautiful song of his called Arabesque. When I heard it right away, I knew, I knew what to do with it, that what I wanted to do with it anyway. Not to say that his version isn't perfect. There's This article actually came out not that long ago of someone saying like, you don't have to change the jazz songs like it's already perfect or it's already this masterful work you don't have to make your own arrangement all the time but for me when I heard this it spoke to me right away like I hear it in this style I couldn't deny that I wanted to play it in that way and I think it works beautifully here in the bay we have a lot of sweet jazz venues Mm -hmm. um some more intimate than others and you told me in an earlier conversation we had that you really like the lake house yeah which is like this unconventional spot so i'm wondering for folks who haven't been there or know about that place can you tell us yeah why it's a cool place to play lake house jazz is at golden gate park at at stowe lake um inside the boathouse it's really unassuming you know it's this little it's kind of like a shack (laughs) no it's not it's more than a shack it's a boathouse um and in the daytime it's a little gift shop it's got sweaters and a little snack bar but then at night through um a group i work with called sf mellow sessions we transform it into a concert venue and we put out these chairs seats about like 75 80 people max we do the lighting right and then suddenly it's this beautiful, special space um, that's right on Stowe Lake where you can hear music. And I love it so much because you can hear a pin drop in there while we're performing because it's so small and intimate that everyone is just drawn right in. And I play a lot of places where that's not the case, <laughs> you know. And then you step out of the doors and you're just looking at the lake in Golden Gate Park. It's really special. Yeah, I really like playing there. And I, I curate that every Friday. What do you think as a bass player, like your role is in the larger Bay Area jazz scene? When I think of my role in the band and on the scene, supporting everyone as best as I can, I also feel like a connector in the scene. I love bringing artists that don't know each other together. I'm constantly trying to bridge gaps between people and things and... I really like that I get called to play with a lot of people coming from out of town. Mm. That's been something really special to me. Um, It lets me be on like multiple scenes. There's months that go by where I get to play with so many people coming from New York or anywhere. 
and then I'm always like, I'm gonna bring these guys to this session, and or like, I want to connect all these worlds all the time. So that brings me joy. That's my role. Big, big thank you to the mad talented Julio Xavier Chetto for taking time to chat with me between touring. Julio is always playing shows in the Bay, so to catch his next show, follow him on Instagram at the Jazz Thug and his band at Big Trippin. That's spelled B I G T R I P P I N underscore. This episode was hosted and produced by moi, Marisol Medina Cadena. Pendarvis Harshaw is our regular host. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Christopher Beale is our engineer and sound designer. Rice Stottenborough and Cesar Saldana make up our engagement team. Ethan Tobin Lindsay, Jen Chian, and Holly Kernan are the KQD execs. We hope you can get out to listen to some jazz very soon. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.